Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and in this special episode, we're going to talk about something that we can no longer afford to ignore, and that is online MBA programs. Most of our regular listeners know that this show tends to devote a lot of time to traditional full-time and personal MBA offerings, but several forces have combined here to merit some serious discussion of online offerings. And I think those factors are basically that, you know, we have so much better technology today than we had 20 years ago or even more when some of these programs first came into existence. Uh, the caliber of institutions that are increasingly active in the online space is just off the charts. And you can see that when you look at the rankings for top online MBA programs, it's, it's no coincidence that, you know, the likes of Indiana, UNC, USC, Carnegie Mellon, all the usual suspects are there. And they also all happen to have um, high quality in-person MBA programs. The last thing I think that's nudged us on the show to kind of focus a bit on online is just the pandemic and the necessity, um, you know, kind of what, what is the old saying? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention, this idea that, you know, people were sort of all forced <laughs> into online mode and so much more familiar with it. And um, so we'll get into it today. I, as usual, when I'm trying to tackle a big, broad topic, I invite a guest, um, and that's because I often don't know enough about the subject area and want to make sure we really um, dig in in a quality way. Um, so today, I've invited Dr. Carolyn Gurner, and she's far better versed in the online MBA landscape than I am, primarily because she actually teaches at the number one online MBA program in America. Um, her title is the Aldi Inc. Distinguished i Clinical Professor at Indiana University's Kelly School of Business, which is in Bloomington, Indiana. I'll give you all a little bit of background before we welcome Carolyn to the show. Um, but she has a PhD from Ohio State University, an MA from Indiana University, and a BA from Keene University. Beyond her academic career, Carolyn has worked in the private sector with a focus on human resources, including a five-year stint with Arthur Anderson in Los Angeles, California. Um, so that's kind of the background. Carolyn, I really appreciate you making time to talk about this today. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Graham. I'm really excited to dig into the topic for your listeners. I, I think there'll be some surprises and some verification of what you already know. Yeah, no, this is terrific. And again, really appreciate you making time. So I think, you know, most of our listeners are well aware that online MBAs exist um, and that they're increasingly kind of sought after and respected, especially when they're offered by highly regarded, you know, brick and mortar universities. But with that said, I wanted to take a step back and have you give us sort of the lay of the land. Um, so if you'll humor me, like what is an online MBA program and how does it differ from the other formats like in-person or even part-time MBAs? And are there any in-person components to a typical online MBA offering? Well, uh, the, the basic difference between the two programs is just how it's delivered. Uh, when I'm looking at an online MBA program versus an in-person full-time program or part-time program, the accreditation requirements for both are the same. So I need to have the same coursework, the same assurance of learning, all of those things, if you will, the rigor of the program needs to be consistent across both. The big differences are both in terms of format, obviously you're online versus physically in a classroom, mm -hmm. and in terms of how the courses are scheduled and how the timeline on which they're completed. So if you're in a full-time in-person program, you're going to follow a basically prescriptive uh, series of coursework, and it's going to take you that four-semester, two-year timeline, and that's, that's just pretty standard. 
With an online program, um, you really do have a lot more flexibility. We have people complete it in as little as 18 months if they want to be really aggressive. And we have people who take three to four years so that they can spread the program out and fit it into their busy lives. Mm -hmm. So it really is um, the modality and the scheduling that are the big differences. In some programs do have an in-person component, and uh, that's something that, that we do pretty aggressively is try to bring our students on campus for a week uh, at, at least once a year. And if we can do it more than that, that's that's even better. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the programs themselves will vary. Some will say that they do an even more aggressive in-person component and try to bring students to campus for, say, a month at a time. Others, um, and more commonly, will have either um, short bursts of time, a week, a long weekend that students are on campus, or they'll be all online in terms of just just not bringing folks physically to campus at all. So that one really does vary a lot depending on the school. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. What do you, I mean, you know, one of the things that I think some of our listeners are probably wondering is like who's best suited for such a program? Like what for you, what are some of the factors that would go into someone deciding that, yeah, you know, online's the right path for me? Well, first and foremost, somebody really needs to be comfortable taking control of their world, if you will. The online program really requires you to be self-motivated in a lot of different ways. So not only do you have to find the classes that are going to work with your life and make sure that you're doing the work, um, not only to be in class, but the homework and projects, et cetera, that, that happen outside. And Oftentimes, the people who are drawn to an online MBA program are drawn to it because they have a a demanding job. And so it's the ability to be able to balance both your job and your life and, and really have some good time management skills. From there, uh, it, it tends to be a profile of someone who is already in a managerial position or really quickly about to embrace that kind of a role. Mm-hmm. And so somebody who can really go back to their their work in the morning and apply what they've learned the night before. And that's the, the, the profile of folks for us that tend to work really well. Uh, we do obviously address some theory, but the best suited individuals are those who are focused on action and who really want and challenge us as professors to make sure that whatever we're teaching them has real applicability. And so somebody whose personality traits include obviously being conscientious, but also just innately curious and really wanting to learn and just continuously get better. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about the, how, you know, I, I did an MBA many years ago and I did it in a more, you know, traditional sort of full-time mode, but I'm now thinking about, wow, it would have been really great to learn something in the classroom. And then, you know, the next morning I'm at the office actually <laughs> putting it into play. Yeah. So that that's really appealing. Mm-hmm. What about, you know, I, I guess we do hear, you know, we're talking about how folks that are well-suited for these online programs often are kind of mid or advanced career professionals. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, they're either currently managing a bit in a managerial position or they're embrace, about to embrace one. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like if we get down to brass tacks? Like how old are these folks typically? And I maybe it I obviously must vary, but what do you see in terms of the type of experience they have and 
yeah, how that all plays into this. Well, our our students definitely skew older than what you would see in a full-time in-person MBA program. So if your full-time in-person MBA is going to bring you in at about 26, 27, we typically see our students in their early 30s. Mm-hmm. And we even run through having you know folks who are my age and I'm, I'm in my 50s. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, a, a pretty wider range of individuals that are um, coming back to take the courses. We also see see that there are people from a really wide variety of industries that we probably wouldn't normally see in a a full-time MBA program. So normally um, you would see folks who are kind of more business focused and and really trying to stay in a a functional role like a marketing or even in consulting, HR, something like that. Mm -hmm. And we tend to see folks who are more generalists Mm -hmm. in this program. So I get a lot of um, medical doctors. We, We tend to see a lot of folks who are um, coming to us with with some really astonishing technical background and now are using this because they've come to that time in their career where they really have to broaden their knowledge. And so that is, I think, the profile that that tends to work really well is someone who has reached a point in their career where they say, it's no longer enough for me to be a technical expert. Now, I really need to learn how to think strategically, how to manage people better, how to um, just just really make myself someone who can see the, the business and see what I do more strategically. And so it's, it's definitely... Um, people who are at just kind of that precipice of moving into higher leadership roles that I think find this to be the most valuable. Okay. And that's super helpful. Just even just understanding a little bit about the age range, you're, you know, you're right. You think of the full-time crowd as being, you know, under 30, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then this is, sounds like it's, it tends to be a little bit older and, and even with a broader range of ages that are mm-hmm. um, going to be visible. One of the things that you said that I, I want to um, follow up on is you talked about how you know, you you kind of drawing people from maybe a more diverse um, set of industries and functions. And I was wondering, what about geographies? Doesn't, I mean, the fact that it's online, I guess, must mean, at least in the case with, with Indiana mm-hmm. um, and Kelly, you know, that you're, you might be able to attract people who aren't, you know, not in the U.S. at all. Um, you know, there, there could be a broader scope of individuals coming, no? Oh, there absolutely are. Uh, we've got folks in all time zones of the U.S., mm. and we typically see folks who are coming to us from Europe. Um, Asia, the time difference is a little tougher, but we definitely um, do have some folks there. Where I really see the benefit is for people who are either traveling or living overseas and need the flexibility of whatever time zone I'm in, I I still need to be able to attend class. And so um, I've had students who are uh, deployed with the military. I have students who are on um, consulting assignments in another country who are able to still continue with the class while they're out of the country. And so uh, not only do we see it geographically just in terms of where people live, Mm -hmm. but I I really appreciate the flexibility the program offers for folks, especially as a former consultant, for folks who need to travel Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that they can still attend class and participate fully. Got it. And so one of the things that I was curious to know now is, is, you know, you talk about, you know, the need to kind of fit the classes into your schedule. to what extent are, are all the online classes, uh, I don't know what the word for this, and you probably would better than me, but the are they, they're sort of scheduled at a set time or are they offered at, you know, multiple time slots or are, are, are candidates able to also 
um, attend them after the fact, you know, via a recording or like, how has that piece of this worked out? Well, the live sessions are set at a particular time in the evening mm -hmm. and we offer them at starting at either 6 p.m., 7.30 p.m. or 9 p.m. And those are announced ahead of time. The students can arrange their schedules so that you know, some students want to take three classes in an evening and get it over with and <laughs> others like to spread them out. Yeah. So it's, it's really um, some flexibility there. And then the classes are all recorded and students who can't attend live have the opportunity to view the class after the fact. It varies class to class on whether there's a requirement for students to do that. I teach negotiation. I think that students listening to the debriefs and et cetera are really important. So I actually have a, a graded component where the students go and if they don't make the live class, they have to listen to um, what happened in class. Mm -hmm. Other folks are looking at, at engaging the students in different ways. And so they don't necessarily make that uh, requirement. But um, we, we typically find that the students are able to um, see that the classes are, are staggered a little bit so that they're not always offered at the same time and day. And that gives them an opportunity if they can't fit one in one semester to be able to pick it up the next. Okay. And then the the other thing that we that we do is is rather than just saying it's fall and spring, we very aggressively offer full schedules in fall, winter, spring, and summer. And so that gives the students a little bit more flex as well. Got it. Okay. Um, one of the things that I, I did, um, you know, do some uh, canvassing with some of our audience to find out, you know, questions that would be on their mind. And one of the big questions that came up right away was, to what extent can a candidate use an online MBA to change careers versus accelerate on an existing path that maybe they're already on. So do you want to comment on that? Like, I don't, I don't know how people are using it typically. Yeah. Well, it, it, you, you always see people who are using the MBA as an opportunity to pivot. And so, yeah, I was in marketing and now I want to be in finance or vice versa. And so that's, that's always part of the conversation. And this is certainly an opportunity for people to do that without having to physically leave their full-time job and, and take that break in order to make it happen. That being said, it does require the student to be more proactive than they might have to be if they were in a full-time program. So they will need to take charge of, for example, the networking because they won't necessarily have the opportunities with speakers coming to campus and, and those kinds of, of focused career activities. So it's, it's just as possible to do as it is in a full-time MBA program. It just requires that the students um, are really programmatic about how they want to do the networking and the, the career investigation that is necessary to do that pivot well. Uh, most schools do have career counseling opportunities or career centers, especially if you're looking at a top tier school, that will be available. And so you will have access to positions that are open, those sorts of things in the online environment. So that, that still exists. It's just that kind of intangible networking and learning that you would need to take more charge of if you were going to pivot in an online MBA program. Got it. 
the acceleration of the existing path is certainly more common. And that's the case for a couple of reasons. The first is that, you know, as I mentioned, we have people who are growing in their career and want to continue to grow in their career. And this is just what they need to make it to the next step. Mm-hmm. So, so that's part of the process. But the other piece is that oftentimes the employers really do become a partner in the um, educational journey, if you will. So we've had we have everything from just you know, being able to maybe be released from an extra assignment to have time to attend classes, all the way through employers who might be financially supporting the the, the obtaining of the degree. So you know, there's a, a wide variety of of how your current employer is involved. I've even had students volunteer to use their current work teams as a, a project or as a, a learning project an action learning project. And so the employer can really become kind of an integral part of providing opportunities to learn. And so it's, it could be very awkward to have your employer be a partner and then <laughs> really have as your end goal the desire to change careers completely and right. leave the organization. <laughs> that just gets a yeah. little weird. So um, depending really on how involved the employer is, that's going to also play a role in whether you can do a a big pivot or whether you're just going to stay the course. Mm -hmm. And I could see how this could be pretty game changing in the sense that, you know, imagine you're doing the online MBA, your employer's actually helping not only support it in terms of giving you the time, but maybe even some funding to do it. Um, and, and you're still earning your salary. So this is a whole different sort of ball game as compared to, you know, what I did, which was, you know, leave the workforce, go for a couple of years and, um, yeah, took, took, you know, it was expensive. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so, okay. So the next thing I was curious to know, and, and I think, you know, this is another one that our audience was interested in better understanding, which is, you know, how are these kinds of programs viewed by employers and, and even little stuff like if I graduate from Indiana Kelly with an online MBA, does my you know diploma say that or is it just viewed as, as you said earlier, I think you were implying that, you know, it's the same accreditation process and mm-hmm. so it's the same degree. But I just want to get a sense from you as to what do employers think of this and do people have like online written on their resume or no? Well, let me answer the second part first. That's the easy one. No, it does not say online MBA on your diploma. It just indicates that you've been granted an MBA. Right. Okay. And that comes from the institution. Where employers might get skeptical is if they see an MBA from a school they've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when they would say, well, is this a, is this a true, real <laughs> MBA? Right. Is the school really accredited? <laughs> right? right. And so... So that's the only time you might get some questioning about it. But essentially, it just says you have an MBA from the school that administered the program. A recent career builder survey indicated that 83% of employers see online MBAs very positively and or exactly the same as they would see a full-time MBA program. Mm -hmm. And in fact, one of the things that I'm increasingly hearing my students say is that they are getting a great deal of respect from employers and potential employers because they know how hard it was to juggle life and a job and getting a degree from a, a prestigious institution that they know how to take time and energy and effort. And particularly if it's an MBA program, as, as most of the good ones are, that's known for having people really embedded in teams and, and really embedded in projects, mm. the fact that they are able to do that 
while still working is something that a lot of employers are actually looking at really positively. So I think the part of the question is that, you know, all it's going to say is that you have an MBA from UNC or USC or Kelly or wherever. And I would argue that the student really ought to be proud of the fact that they have completed that MBA um, in, in the the, the way that they have because of what it says about the individual and how they're able to juggle projects. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, when we look at a traditional full-time, you know, in-person MBA, we focus on like, well, where, you know, where did the person go? What did they study? How did they do? And I think the same thing is true here in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, like you're saying, obviously <laughs> I'm assuming that when people um, have the, the degree from Indiana Kelly, you know, I mean, you guys are perennially at the top of the, of the online MBA ranking. So mm-hmm. they don't have this issue of people not knowing, you know, it's like sort of people know it's the number one um, online MBA in, in the U.S. And, you know, so mm-hmm. that's got to help too. I did want to ask if, these kinds of programs tend to be cohorted. And what I mean by that is, you know, for our listeners' um, understanding, I would say, you know, are you traveling through the degree with a specific group of classmates from start to finish or, you know, or are you completely customizing the pace? And I know you commented on this a little bit at the outset, but I just wanted to understand to what extent, yeah, how how this sort of happens and whether people are traveling with a, a group of peers or a learning team or whatever. Well, most of the time, students have the same set of prerequisites that they're going to have to take before they start courses in their major. Mm -hmm. And so usually they'll have a a cohort that gets them through at least those first few classes together. And it may be up to them to continue those relationships, but at least they will have people that they've started with and had a few classes with where they'll have that sense of being in the program together. Uh, there are other schools, and, and we fall into this category, that really try to do the cohort model more aggressively. And so we have uh, a, a structured first semester experience where the students do a variety of classes together, but also have a number of opportunities to learn with one another, figure out who's going to be in what major, and really start to develop that sense of camaraderie as they move through the program. We did realize that traditionally networking within your MBA program was something that uh, we really hadn't considered. We sort of just assumed that if we introduced the students to one another, it would happen. And so this year, our one of our strategic initiatives is to focus on giving the students the tools they need to truly develop that cohort network relationship with other students in the program. Mm-hmm. So before they come to their next in-campus experience with us, they will have a whole online course around um, the networking strategies and how to be strategic about who you want to meet and um, setting some specific goals for connecting with a certain number of students while they're on campus and, and those sorts of things. So we're really stepping this one up because we do think it's really important. That being said, this is going to vary from program to program. And so it's one of the things that students probably want to consider as they're looking at different online programs is is what opportunities there are to really get to know the other folks that you're studying with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like that would be such a value add to not only be able to pursue, you know, I was saying earlier, pursue it online, maybe the employer's helping to pay or giving you the time and you're not having to leave your job, but also still get the ability to 
um, you know, have this sort of experience with your classmates, get to know them. And, and so it sounds like that's a priority at, at Indiana Kelly. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, yeah, something definitely worth investigating, it sounds like, because it's not always going to be that way. It depends on the program. Absolutely. What, you know, it's kind of a good dovetail into this next question, which is, what do you think candidates should be looking for in an online MBA when trying to pick a program? I mean, maybe this is one of the big things mm-hmm. to think about is the cohorting or not, but are there other things that you think people should consider? Absolutely. First and foremost is make sure that they're offering what it is that you want. Uh, check the majors and check in particular, not just that they have, say, a strategic management major, but that the courses are what you need in, in and really going to take you in the direction you want to go and that they're typically offered. Um, so making sure that the, the courses are not only available on the books, but available in real life, if you will. I would also look to see who is teaching in the online MBA program and in particular, look for um, what you would call regular faculty. So um, you should be being instructed by the same people that you might see if you were on campus. Mm -hmm. And that's an important component here as well. Um, Some schools, when they move into the online MBA space, deal with staffing issues by just onboarding a a group of faculty who are very qualified, but um, not necessarily integrated with other faculty on campus. Mm -hmm. And so you get, I think, a better, richer experience if you've got that, that, that faculty cohort as well. Um, obviously, look at price. Look at um, you know kind of what the bang for the buck is. <laughs> um, check statistics for sure in terms of what salary increases people are seeing after the program. Mm-hmm. What if if there is a placement cohort? Um, check what kind of placement statistics they have. Look for the extras. So look for if if you're interested in traveling to campus, make sure that that's available. Make sure that you have um, the opportunity for a cohort. If that's something that you want. And I think one of the things that often happens with the online MBA program is that because most of the information sessions are, well, online, (laughs) uh, people maybe aren't as aggressive about asking questions or trying to talk to somebody one-on-one. And I'd really encourage you to to be, if you're interested in one of these programs, to be aggressive about looking for one-on-one time with somebody who can really answer your questions. Because um, this is not the same as you can kind of go to an info session physically and get a sense of the vibe and the culture and all of those things. It's harder to tell. And so to the extent possible, really look for opportunities to interact with as many people as possible. Ask to talk to current students if you're not given that opportunity. Um, And another big thing that I would look for is the accessibility of faculty. So are they, um, you know, how how much can I get in touch with them? How, How involved are they with their students in the classes? Those sorts of things. And uh, you know, again, I can't emphasize enough. Don't don't be a receiver of the information. Really go out and aggressively look for the data that you want. That's terrific advice. Like I, you know, it's it's interesting because this notion of making sure that not only are there kind of the majors or, or study areas that you want, but that the courses are there and that they're being taught by some of the faculty that you'd want to see um, in the classroom if you were um, in person. You know, that, that there should be that crossover. And so, really good advice. I guess I feel like I would be foolish to have you on the show. And, you know, talking about online MBAs and things and not get you to 
speak a little bit about Indiana Kelly's history in the online MBA market. I mean, as I said before, you know, your program is sort of perennially ranked at the top, um, you know, and, and so I just wanted to know, like, why do you think that is? Um, and yeah, what, just give us a little bit of the the backstory on Indiana's kind of foray into online MBA education. Well, if, if I'm being honest, it's actually one of the reasons that I, 22 years ago, thought that this would be a pretty cool place to work. And it turns out that I was not mistaken. Um, we started in the online space in 1999. So I joined Kelly in 2000. This predates me. But the idea of we really want to offer quality online education has been something we've been committed to for a, a really long time. And so we've evolved in terms of how we offer courses. And the, the nice thing about having that long experience is that we really are on um, the, the, the cutting edge, if you will, of, of what the technology is and, and what's going to happen next. And so we were using Zoom and, and other ways of interacting with students where we could see them long before it became a, a verb during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think the other piece that really is is cool about how we embrace this is that it's always just been a program that we offer within all of the other programs that we staff and teach. And so it's always been our core faculty and it's always been a a lot of cooperation among those core faculty in order to make this happen. And so despite the fact that we've been doing this for a really long time, we still have monthly meetings on best teaching practices amongst the faculty. And we're always looking for ways to to make it better. Mm -hmm. It's something that we like. And the school has also really done an investment in technology. And so we have... um, yeah, I can go in and record some asynchronous videos and look like I'm on the set of a newsroom. It's <laughs> it's crazy. It makes me feel like a rock star. And we've got um, the technology that will roll out next for us is to actually be teaching in the virtual classroom, but be in a classroom with technology so the students can see me and see each other, which will definitely, I think, make that, um, that just more of a, a, a live experience. And so we're always looking for ways to make it better. I think the other thing that I would put in there is that um, we, it, it, it's, it's a Hoosier thing, I think, where <laughs> you you just kind of fly under the radar and work really, really hard. And then when people start to recognize that you've been doing a good job for a long time, it's, uh, I'm not going to say we're surprised, but because we know we're doing a good job, but there's always this sense of, yeah, that's great. Thank you for the honors. Thank you for the accolades. Now, here's what we're going to do next that's better. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's funny. Yeah. I just love it. I was going to say that, you know, in my, I've, I've been out to campus, uh, visited Bloomington, and, and there's definitely a, a, you know, it's sort of a quintessential college town, but it, it has such a great, um, I don't know what the word is, almost like a team spirit, I guess you would say, but there's definitely a, a there's a, yeah, like you were saying earlier, there's something about um, the community. And I assume that that, you know, probably extends right on into the online space because you're using the same faculty. And as you said, it's the same 
program. It's, you know, you're getting an MBA from Kelly. So exactly. it's, um, yeah, it's really, yeah, or t- terrific for people to be able to tap into that, even if they're not um, in Bloomington, which is terrific. So there's actually one more thing I'd love to, to throw in there if I can. Yeah, of course. And that is that in addition to the online components, we've added two things to our program that, that are just really special and we cannot wait to get back to post-pandemic. One is that we have the Kelly on Campus Weeks and the students will come and do a live case study while they're on campus. And so the next one up, they're actually going to be launching a new bourbon brand. Um, but it's always, you will have the, the client on campus with you. It is a live case and um, you're working with the, the faculty and your teams and faculty coaches through the whole time that you're on campus to really put that presentation together. And then the second piece of it is that we also have the opportunity to take our students abroad. Hmm. And that's a a really special experience. And so if they're interested, we can take them on a, a week to two and a half week trek to Ghana or Greece or any, any place in the world where we can find that we, we put boots on the ground, we get a live consulting project. And so you travel in a cohort with faculty, uh, learn the business environment, have a, a great consulting experience. And if you're not careful, you have a lot of fun. <laughs> and that reminds me of, I mean, gosh, you know, so many of the traditional MBA programs do that sort of thing. So I think it's amazing that you could do an online MBA and still dip into some of these types of experiences that are so valuable and, and, and fun, as you said, too. Um, Absolutely. So I feel like we've learned a lot today, or no, I have, about, you know, the sort of online MBA. And particularly, I, I can't help but go back to this notion of, you know, you give some terrific advice on how one should go about thinking about an online MBA and maybe, you know, choosing programs and doing your due diligence. Um, but I guess if there are people tuned in who are sort of on the fence about, online versus in person or, you know, and, and should they confine themselves to one thing? Like when they go through the application process, do you think that it makes sense to sort of just figure it out and say, look, I'm only going to apply to a handful of online programs, or do you think people will mix and match and that that's okay? I think it's more than okay for them to mix and match. In fact, if someone's considering an MBA, I would very much encourage them to go and and investigate both. Mm -hmm. And in particular, investigate both with the same school. Hmm. And I say that because, um, you know, if you've decided that you want a a degree from a particular place, and there are lots of reasons that that could happen, you would, um, I think, learn a lot about the programming by being able to go to both the information sessions for the in-person and the online um, programs. And it'll tell you kind of where you feel like you fit better. Mm -hmm. Some people really appreciate the on-campus, more traditional college experience. And there's very little like it. Um, You've got the the sports and the social and and all of those things. And if that's something that someone really wants to have a a rich two-year experience doing, then by all means, you you don't get to have that kind of a two-year adventure very often. Mm -hmm. And if your life allows for it, awesome. (laughs) But I think that that Increasingly, people are aware that they're putting a lot of their lives on hold in order to do that full-time MBA program. And so the question of 
first of all, if you're going to do that, it better be a wonderful experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you tell your listeners regularly, right. choose carefully. <laughs> right. But I think there's also the um, really just asking people, is this going to work for me in terms of how what am I willing to commit? And how much of my life am I willing to commit? And how is this going to work for me? Um, what kind of cohort do I want? What kind of experience do I want? Do I want a cohort that is more like me or do I want a network that is more diverse? Those kinds of questions um, are things that you really can only answer with some soul searching, but also by really looking at both types of programs and figuring out which feels like the best fit. Okay. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, I wasn't actually sure when I came up with this question, which way you were going to go on it. And I think it's interesting. um, And it's actually good advice to, I mean, look at minimum investigating a university's offering on both fronts would be instructive. I mean, look at how many people probably wish they had done that when it came time for schools to go online during the pandemic and stuff, right? Uh, You know, some some schools handled it better, (laughs) better than others. Um, So, um, Carolyn, I really want to thank you for making time uh, to go over all of this. It's just been so informative. And yeah, so thank you so much for for joining us today and and, and sharing all these insights. It's been a pleasure. Oh, Graham, I very much appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and to your listeners. And and thank you for letting us explore this. I think you're right. It's an important subject. Yeah, no, the pleasure is all mine. Um, Everyone who's tuned in, please remember to rate and review the Clear Admit podcast wherever you listen. And we'll be back with more episodes, uh, you know, coming soon. There's a lot on tap. So stay, stay tuned.